It's time for the Newsmax Daily from Newsmax, America's fastest growing cable news channel. Now, now, here's your host, Rob Carson. I want to mention a major woke fail. Netflix has announced four more comedy specials hosted by Dave Chappelle. (laughs) I love this. I love this. What is considered by many to be a woke fail and a free speech win, Netflix announced on Friday four new Dave Chappelle comedy specials in the wake of his latest special, The Closer, which, by the way, he talked about a transgendered individual that he actually mentored and even allowed this person to open uh, for him for 45 minutes as a comedian. Ultimately, that person was so hounded by the LGBTQRSTU contingent of radicals around the country for working with Dave Chappelle that uh, that person killed uh, herself. Chappelle's new uh, series of comedy specials come after the comedian came under attack by woke left-wing and transgender activists in the closer. Outrage, listen, outrage, transgender, and listen, I've never heard the 2SLGBTQQIA plus groups. I told you it goes on into infinity like pi. So it's 2SLGBTQQIA plus groups. They don't even realize how stupid they sound, do they? They don't even realize how stupid they sound. And honestly, I think most people, they don't care what you want to do uh, with your life. You want to be a transgendered individual, whatever. You want to marry a goat, uh, you know, who cares? I don't care. But when you say that we're uh, members of the 2SLGBTQQIA plus group and then demand that Dave Chappelle be taken down, that's when we don't take you seriously anymore. So um, it looks like uh, Russia has invaded Ukraine uh, effectively into two... I guess, breakaway provinces of uh, Ukraine as an excuse for Vladimir Putin to send in troops. Uh, I think like 6,000 troops in one uh, province, uh, 5,000 in another. But here is the deal. Here is the really good deal. President Doofy, our president, by the way, is President Doofy. President Doofy is uh, is going to have this handled. First and foremost, I think you all realize that we could just honestly, I don't even know why we're even talking about uh, Russia, Ukraine today because Kamala Harris is there. I mean, uh, come on. Do we really have to say that this is going to continue to be a conflict with Kamala Harris, the border czar, and I think he's the space czar, uh, you know, whatever. She's the czarina of, uh, never mind, I'm not going to go. Anyway, Kamala Harris is there. So I don't even know why we're still discussing this, but I'm going to go ahead, you know, just play along with me, folks. We all know that Kamala Harris has this figured out. And from what I understand, and this is just, uh, you know, on the down low, another uh, insider, little insider information only this show has, apparently Kamala Harris is bringing in crisis counselors to the region uh, with an attempt to understand Putin's white rage. The U.S. government is also coming up with billions of dollars, just wanted you to know, to subsidize new electric tanks and assault vehicles to decrease Russia's climate change profile. So those things are working with us. Kamala Harris has got it handled. We're going to deal with the white rage, and then we're going to we're going to turn all their wars, their machines of war, into electric vehicles so they won't harm the uh, the planet. And that's the most important thing. And also, I might add, there is another reason why we shouldn't worry about this at all. We shouldn't worry about Russia. Honestly, Russia is so last century. Uh, the Soviet Union so last century. The hundred thousand deaths, or hundred million deaths. I'm sorry, hundred million deaths associated 
associated with socialism and communism. Last, they are so last century. And uh, honestly, Barack Obama, he portended this. He, he did. And we don't have anything to worry about. Governor Romney, I'm glad that you recognize that al-Qaeda is a threat. Because a few months ago, when you were asked what's the biggest geopolitical threat facing America, you said Russia. Not al-Qaeda. You said Russia. In the 1980s or now calling to ask for their foreign policy back. There you go. All right, so again, again, we've got uh, Kamala Harris, we've got uh, uh, white rage counselors, and Barack Obama saying that uh, we have nothing to worry about Russia. This was literally like 10 years ago. And then also, let's not forget Joe Biden in 2019 when he issued this stern warning, which uh, I can't believe that uh, Vladimir Putin is flaunting right now. Again, it's white rage, just kind of lashing out. This isn't real. This isn't real. Just plug your ears and hum. La, 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 la. Uh, it'll go away. Folks, you hear the news. Once again, Putin and the Russians are trying to engage in our elections and decide who the president's going to be. And this time I'm the object of their attention. Because Putin knows if I am president of the United States, his days of tyranny and trying to intimidate the United States and those in Eastern Europe are over. Yes, Vladimir Putin, his days of uh, intimidating the free world are over with Joe Biden as the president. Again, why are we even covering this story? All of the things that I just mentioned to you with regard to the new and improved United States of America now in touch with its feminine side or identifying with its feminine side and uh, and also uh, white rage, understanding white rage, and also uh, Barack Obama saying that they'd never do it again because that's so 1980s. And, and then the powerful words of this incredibly powerful man who's been right about everything with regard to uh, foreign policy. For the, no, actually, he's been wrong about everything. But this time, this time, he's going to be right. I'm going to stand up to him. He's a bully. And I know he doesn't want me to be president. But to tell you what, when I'm president, things are going to change. Mr. Putin, the American people decide their elections, not you. Yes, and Democrats decide the elections, oh, you know, four or five times a piece, maybe even a hundred times a piece, and even dead Democrats do it. Chip in a dollar, five dollars, ten dollars. There you go. Joe Biden running for president and telling Vladimir Putin that he better watch out. He better not cry. He better not pout because uh, we are not going to mess with him. No siree. No siree, Bob. Now, of course, uh, Russia does have a new pipeline, uh, you know, and, uh, and Russia does. By the way, I just found out they have so far during the Biden administration, we have imported 250 million barrels from Russia of, uh, of oil. The 250 million barrels of, of oil from Russia. Can you, <laughs> can you believe this? And, uh, and uh, what is it? Uh, Kamala Harris is saying that our gas prices are going to go through the ceiling because of that, because we no longer have energy independence. Uh, here's a little montage of, uh, of President Trump, who's, uh, who's been absolutely right, and what's going on in uh, Ukraine and with Russia. Think of it. He rejected our pipeline. But he approved the Russian pipeline, yeah. which I had completely stopped going into Germany and all parts of Europe. Joe Biden waived those sanctions. He essentially gave Vladimir Putin a multi-billion dollar gift. And Putin began building the pipeline. That should have calmed his white rage. Again, on January 24th, four days after Biden was sworn into office, the reason there are over 100,000 Russian troops on the border of Ukraine right now is because Biden surrendered to Putin. They give the biggest possible gift they could give to Vladimir Putin and the worst possible gift you could give to Eastern Europe. Joe Biden is shutting down American pipelines like the Keystone XL pipeline, but he's helping construct pipelines uh, for Russia. Uh, this Why? is Vladimir Putin's number one foreign policy. Problem. But apparently Germany is shutting down the pipeline 
And, listen to this, the United States will follow suit with sanctions. Now, right now, the United States has decided they're going to sanction the two provinces that Vladimir Putin are saying are his, but not Russia in general. Which, again, I I think uh, the the threats have already been made by uh, Kamala Harris and Joe Biden in 2019, so really we don't need to worry much about it. By the way, the Democrat Party loves uh, how Russia is being operated right now. It is run by oligarchs and a big centralized government where everybody gets rich except for the little people. So you literally, like in the United States, our oligarchs are um, Jeff Bezos, uh, Mark Zuckerberg, among others. They're the oligarchs. They're the ones who are getting filthy rich while people like Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama also get Filthy, filthy rich in the Biden family. Get filthy, filthy rich. And uh, Bernie, uh, Bernie Sanders, all of these people who've never created anything, like Vladimir Putin, never created or built or invented a dang thing. But because of oligarchs and, uh, and centralized government, they get really, really wit- rich while the uh, witch, I almost said witch, uh, and I talked about Hillary Clinton. Weird how that happens. But uh, anyway, Russian tanks have rolled into Donetsk and Luhansk. Putin last night officially recognized the two areas of Ukraine as independent regions, which gave him an excuse to move in and say that Ukraine was occupying these two Russian regions, which is giving him an excuse to uh, declare war on the U.K. U.K. Health Secretary Sajid Javid this morning declared a national television the invasion has begun. Prime Minister Boris Johnson confirmed a barrage of sanctions will be revealed this afternoon. Germany finally halted the uh, certification of the Nord Stream 2. And, you know, there's nothing worse uh, when you are a man of, you know, about 60 years old than having your stream kind of uh, slow down. That's uh, Vladimir Putin. But uh, the situation has fundamentally changed, according to the German Chancellor Olaf Scholz. Scholz! Schultz has long resisted including the Russia to Germany $10 billion natural gas pipeline as a potential sanction if Russia invaded Ukraine, and it appears that, uh, that he has. What does this mean for you and me? Well, who knows? Uh, I know we don't need to be involved in a war. Um, I know that no terrorists flew uh, planes into buildings, um, at least no uh, Russian planes and terrorists uh, were, were flown into buildings. Um, and I know that we don't have any real natural national interests in Ukraine other than the fact that Ukraine and this government is incredibly, incredibly corrupt. And apparently a lot of U.S. politicians, including the Biden family, have been made very, very rich by Ukraine. So there you go. Oh, this is kind of funny. The Pentagon will now consider climate change when planning war games and will incorporate the issue into its future national defense strategy, according to a Wednesday announcement. Yeah, they announced this uh, Wednesday. There is little about what the Defense Department does to defend the American people that is not affected by climate change. It is a national security issue, and we must treat it as such. According to Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin, the department will immediately take appropriate policy actions to prioritize climate change considerations in our activities and risk assessments to mitigate this driver of insecurity. I don't know what you're worried about, people. I have already run through the litany of reasons why Vladimir Putin should be terrified of the United States, including uh, Kamala Harris being there, uh, that uh, the Biden administration is focused on climate change, and also they're sending counselors to talk with Putin about his white rage. So uh, Biden's ambassador to Ukraine. 
Biden's ambassador to Germany returns to the United States after two days on the job. Two, two days on the job. Whoa. <clears throat> Kamala refused to let her fly on Air Force Two. Anyway, she, uh, she uh, uh, flew there. The, uh, the new ambassador to Germany, Amy Gutman. I think it's kind of interesting. She is a uh, Holocaust. Uh, her parents were Holocaust survivors, which is, you know, pretty interesting. Uh, anyway, she uh, reported for duty um, during the Munich Security Conference, taking a commercial flight back to the United States after VP uh, Harris decided her not to fly home on her plane. Uh, Gutman, who presented her credentials just days ago, Thursday of last week, to begin work as the U.S. ambassador to Germany, attended meetings at the Munich Security Conference with world leaders and fellow top U.S. officials, including Harris and Secretary of State Anthony Blinken, which shows that we are doomed, by the way. Uh, this is according to uh, a senior State Department official. The White House lobbied the Senate to confirm Gutman this month because they said she is, was urgently needed in Germany due to an impending war with Russia. The Democrat-controlled chamber confirmed her earlier this month, begs the question why uh, there was such a rush to confirm her when she's already left Germany after being there for a few days after she formally reported for duty. So, like most of the things with the uh, Biden administration, doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Maybe uh, kind of created by a president whose brain isn't working very well. Uh, it is unclear if taxpayers had to pay for Gutman's flight home to the United States after Harris and her team denied the ambassador a seat on Air Force Two. <laughs> and if they did, how much, uh, how much it costs. Like, that's really important. Here's Denethor Griffin. She's an excellent reporter. She's, like, right up there with Catherine Herridge, among others who are real journalists, talking about what's coming. And if you uh, have any common sense whatsoever, you, uh, you already knew this. This is Putin's opening gambit, and he will want to see the response from the U.S. and its allies. Putin has options. And the uh, allies are just going to scratch your face. Tonight, militarily. But if Putin opts for a full invasion, the justification of which he laid out in his speech to... Just call him racist. All you got to do is call Putin a racist, and that'll stop him. Or a white supremacist. Today, here's what we can expect to see. Electronic warfare combined with cyber attacks will disaggregate and paralyze the U.K government and military. Okay. Anything on the communication, GPS, or magnetic spectrum will go dark. This period of pre-assault fire would then be followed by salvos of ballistic missiles, those Iskander missile units in Belarus. Russian fourth and fifth generation attack aircraft will then flood the airspace. Think Blitzkrieg, waves of attacks that will look like U.S. shock and awe at the start of the U.S. invasion of Iraq, targeting air defense systems, command and control sites. The next wave will include tube artillery and rocket launchers, likely in the wee hours of the morning. Then he will insert his special forces, who we are told have target lists of Ukrainian journalists and civil society leaders. Tonight, Brett, we are witnessing the beginning of the end of the post-Cold War architecture, which ensured a rules-based order, stability, and respect for the sovereignty of nations. The world must now brace itself for what follows. Well, thank God. Can you imagine what would have happened if Donald Trump was a president? I mean, seriously, because Donald Trump was uh, seriously in bed with Vladimir Putin. They were best buddies. Uh, there was some major Russia collusion to get him into office. And no, actually, no, no, that was a giant lie. You see, uh, Donald Trump was a strong leader and he had respect from Vladimir Putin. The only kind of respect you can get through the head of someone who is uh, Vladimir Putin, who is uh, one of the one of the uh, the bad actors on the world stage.
uh, it is remarkable, and I've said this before, that we are being ruled by academics and bureaucrats. We are being ruled by the class of 1968. Uh, they're the idiotic class, uh, the idiotic generation that celebrated a song called all we're saying is give it, give peace a chance. One of the dumbest anthems ever in the history of mankind. Really, really stupid song. If the entire world were peaceful and, and if, uh, I don't know, uh, you know, Vladimir Putin uh, farted rainbows uh, and they rode around on a unicorn delivering candy, then, then we'd be perfectly fine with giving peace a chance. In fact, all we'd have to do is just call up, hey, listen, listen, get me Kim Jong-un on the line here. Get, get me on the line. Okay. All right. You got him on there? Hey, Kim Jong-un, all we're saying is give peace a chance. Oh, you're going to stop launching the uh, missiles into the South China Sea and you're not going to pursue your ballistic weapons anymore? Cool. Let's call Iran now. All right, let's just go ahead and call Iran. Is, he on, is the mullah on the, uh, on the phone there? Okay, all right. Yeah, okay, sure. I know. He's in the bathroom. That's no problem. No problem. Give him a second. All right, he's coming to the phone. Great, great, great. Hey, 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 mullah, yeah. All we're saying is give peace a chance. You're going to give up your ballistic weapons testing in the, the underground nuclear facilities and all that stuff? You know, it's amazing what happens when you give peace a chance. That's just fantastic. You, you have a great day. Cool. Yeah, Aluak, whatever. Yeah, sure. Talk to you later. Uh, that's, that's the problem. Uh, we have a defense department that is concerned about a global warming or climate change. It's climate change now. Their top priority is climate change. Literally. I just threw the article over here. It's still in one piece. I didn't shred it like I normally do. The Pentagon is declaring climate change a national security issue. So while Vladimir Putin has moved 10,000 troops into contested areas in 12 hours, and uh, China, the, and oddly enough, when did, when did he do this? When did he do this? What just ended that had no ratings at all? What just ended, folks? No, I'm not talking about the NBA All-Star Game. No, the Olympics. The Olympics in China ended, and uh, all of a sudden, weird, weird, Vladimir Putin is invading Ukraine using some of the same excuses that he did just a few years ago with regard to invading illegally annexed Crimea in 2014. It's kind of funny. Uh, you know, we've got all sorts of stuff, like kind of history repeating itself. Putin is making phony assertions of genocide as well as lying about Ukrainian attacks on Mother Russia. Uh, you know, you've got all of this stuff going on. You've, you've got him declaring uh, two uh, breakaway republics, Donetsk and Luhansk, are officially uh, provinces of Russia. And consequently, if Ukraine even has a footprint in those areas, that will uh, precipitate a justified attack and invasion by Russia. I know you're as surprised as, uh, as well, uh, any Democrat is, but you're not surprised if you think like I do. Because we live in a cruel world and saying give peace a chance doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything. And it doesn't help that we have the Fresh Prince of uh, Scranton in well, charge. Well, I was born and raised in Scranton, PA. Lifeguard by the pools where I spent my day. Uh -huh. Till a dude named Corn Pop, who wasn't that cool, started making trouble at the swimming pool. So I took a chain, wrapped it around my legs. They're hairier than my other legs. Yeah. Not, not my, but black kids would touch them. Come on, man. Then I got on a train and moved to D.C. Jirak Jabram gave a job to me. I shuffled around 
and sucked fingertips. Made a big speech, kissed the boy on the lips. What are you looking at? I wrote the damn bill. <laughs> I hold the ladies tight and sniff all their hairs. Yes. First person American to fall up the stairs. Ran for president. <laughs> I was a winner. Winner was me. Now I sit at my desk as a present Prendeep. Not, not, not pre but You know the thing. Come on. Get your face out of your ears. Hey, that is Kyle Dunnigan. Uh, he, is a, uh, he is a comedian, and he does the best, 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 best Biden impression in the history of mankind. You know, sometimes you need music to pump you up. Sometimes you need to stay calm, and, and you need the meditation. I listen to music when I go to the gym. And I go to the gym, about 45 minutes is my workout, and I listen to music or I listen to, you know, podcasts. Maybe you listen to this podcast. You should try it with Raycon earbuds. You really should. They come with a bunch of gel tips for your comfort, and unlike other brands, they don't stick out of your ears. Yeah. They have a 32-hour battery life. Unbelievable. So you can listen to what you want, when you want, for a really long time. And they start at half the price of other premium audio brands, and they sound just as good. And Raycons come with a 45-day happiness guarantee. So you really can't lose. Give them a try. Right now, my listeners can receive 15% off the already low price of Raycons. Just go to buyraycon.com slash Newsmax, buyraycon.com slash Newsmax. Get them and listen to the podcast when you're going on a walk. Okay, buyraycon.com slash Newsmax to save 15% on Raycons. Uh, let's go to uh, Sean in Live Oak, California. A lot of calls coming in from Cali. I have a feeling it's because of KSCO, our newest affiliate out there. Sean, welcome to the show. Hello. Hello. One of the things that's been kind of bothering me, especially after seeing this interview, is the mischaracterization of the Canadian truckers. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, they want to portray them as anti-vaxxers. And I remember seeing this interview with one trucker about what kind of was the last straw that broke the camel's back and the reason he uh, went on this convoy. And that was the mask mandates that uh, you had to wear the mask while you're in the truck on the highway alone. <laughs> and it was pulled over by the Royal yeah. Canadian Mounted Police and issued yeah. a ticket. Yeah. And that's when he decided he had enough. And actually, when I made this comment to uh, Charlie, one of the hosts on KSEO, yeah. he asked, uh, what's the mask to protect who? The, the yeah. gremlins in the dash? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Well, you know, it's about broadcasting fear, Sean. Let me ask you this, Sean. Yeah. Uh, and, I, and I appreciate you calling. What do you think about the truckers uh, going to Washington, D.C.? How do you feel? They've said they're going to, uh, they're, they're going to encircle Washington, D.C. on the Beltway, and they're going to be like a boa constrictor tightening around Washington, D.C. What are your thoughts on it? Well, I think that uh, since the Canadians did first, uh, I mean, it's something we should have done first, and I guess, yeah. and especially uh, with Biden, he's, he's still uh, uh, fixated on the masks and the vaccine, and it's yeah. uh, it's been shown that these are fairly they're nonsense. effective. They're, they're nonsense, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Things that do work, like uh, I, one thing I haven't heard put out there is get enough uh, vitamin D. 
Yeah, there's a lot of the, a lot of that stuff. Listen, Sean, I got to run. Thanks for the phone call. Okay. Uh, yeah, and there are a lot of uh, you know that's that. well, we're going to cover more. And and Sean, we'll get to more of the uh, Canada protest and what uh, what uh, Justin Trudeau said yesterday uh, with regard to extending his emergency order. By the way, uh, Joe Biden has extended an emergency order for the United States through March first, which is uh, when his uh, State of the Union actually takes place, and I believe it's going to be in the middle of the afternoon before his brain starts to go. Actually, I think he's probably going to take a nap and they'll do it in the evening like they normally do with all the COVID restrictions um, there as well. Here is uh, something that was said yesterday. Kamala Harris, again, the fact that we sent uh, Kamala Harris there shows that we're uh, fundamentally not serious. And, And I believe that by sending her there, it sent a message to Vladimir Putin that, um, I could do anything. (laughs) Really? Do do you really think that sending Kamala Harris to handle the situation between Russia and Ukraine in a cruel world dominated by uh, and and, and run by uh, many, many despots? There are more despotic regimes out there than there are free regimes like ours. And do you think that sending, and it's not because she's a woman, and it's not because they're racist, it's because she's fundamentally not a serious person. She's not a serious vice president. She was made vice president because she checked some boxes, and she's proved that she is a fraud. And this is what she is saying we need to prepare for yesterday. Can you explain to Americans what exactly will they face if, well, if this happens? Sure. As the president... I'll- and this, by the way, did you see during uh, the speech last night, Vladimir Putin wearing a stupid mask? No, he didn't. Uh, here she is standing in front of a podium uh, far away from reporters wearing a stupid mask. Ben in his speech, um, we are aware that, again, when America stands for her principles and all of the things that we hold dear. Like CRT and white rage. Um, it requires sometimes for, for us to put ourselves out there in a way that maybe we will incur some cost. And okay, well, we're doomed then. Let's talk to Tom in Richmond, Virginia. He'd like to talk about Russia. Uh, Tom, welcome to the show. Hello. Hi. Hey, what's uh, up? Great show. Thank you. I, I wanted to say that uh, I don't think Putin's going to stop with a couple of provinces. If you look yeah. at the kind of equipment he has, he's he's there for the long haul, and he's going to extend westward. Okay. Although I'm retired military, I thought that if we wanted to really have a coup, we should have invited Russia into NATO, and that would have taken the fangs out of them. But by extending our forces eastward, I didn't think that was a good idea to begin with. However, yes. now we're faced off with World War Three, and we've got the wrong person in charge. Mm-hmm. I used to be somewhat of a fighter, and I lost more than I ever won. But you could smell fear on, on the other guy. You could look in his eyes and see fear. Yeah. And and when Putin looks at uh, uh, Mr. Biden, Mr. Magoo, all he sees is an empty, empty person and a big bag of wind. He's well, exactly. You're one. You're one hundred percent right. But honestly, Tom, all we need to do is understand uh, a the impact of uh, climate change on the world and our military, and and also uh, uh, Putin's white rage. Right. <laughs> you have no. <laughs> Tom, have a glorious day. Thanks for your service. Let's go to Lou, who is in a dump truck. Hello there, my friend. Welcome to the show. What's up, my brother? Hi. Uh, I think, for one thing, uh, this is not what I called about, but all of our adversaries know that Biden is not running the show. So anybody who talks about how he's an old man and he's stupid really doesn't mean anything because he's not running the show. But the reason I called is to say that 
by sending the vice president over there yeah. is a message to Putin that we're not going to do anything, and he can do anything he wants. Yeah. And so is the press release regarding the Pentagon considering uh, climate Cli change. Climate change. <laughs> uh, that is another message oh, that God. we're not going to do anything to anybody. <sighs> I mean, you can't drop a bomb without affecting the environment. Yeah, exactly. Oh, my goodness. So that, that really makes our military null and void. Yeah, no, but Lou, you know what? If we just smother them with hugs, uh, you know, that will, that will not contribute to global warming. Right. <laughs> All right, buddy. Yeah. Have, a, have a glorious day, bro. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, honestly, it just it is. Um, this, this is what happens. And, and I originally called this the Oprahization of America 20 years ago. It really is the you know, nothing against women. I love women and femini femininity. And if you're a man and you're feminine, I don't care. But uh, the feminization of the culture uh, doesn't mean anything when you're dealing with uh, warmongers, uh, when you're dealing with people who want to kill you and your family and take your property. It, it doesn't matter uh, what, I, what gender you identify as or that you care about climate change. Um, do you suppose that as Vladimir Putin brought in 100, I've heard up to 160,000 troops with armored vehicles, with planes uh, fully stocked with, with uh, munitions and bombs, that he's thinking, son of a gun, we might cause the global climate to increase a little. Do you think he gives a rat's behind about it? Do you think that as China undertakes the building of more and more coal plants in its uh, territories, that it gives a rat's behind about global climate change, which, by the way, isn't happening? Nonsense. It's all nonsense, and it's going to get people killed. When you live in a cruel world like this, and you, and you broadcast that kind of weakness, that kind of, for lack of a better word, fecklessness, people get killed. I don't think we're going to get dragged into it as far as our troops are concerned because America won't stand for it. And considering the popularity of the president right now, I don't think it'll happen. But that doesn't mean that people aren't going to get killed. Joining us on the phone, our special guest, he is uh, Bill Jacobson, the founder of Legal Insurrection and a Cornell Law professor currently suing the state of New York to stop them from making medical decisions based on race. He's on the Newsmax hotline. Uh, Bill, welcome to the Rob Carson Show. How are you today, sir? Good. Thanks for having me on. Excellent. How is the uh, lawsuit with regard to the state of New York and making decisions on treatment, on um, therapeutics, uh, in giving those uh, people of color, uh, bringing them to the front of the line. How is that coming along, by the way? Well, we have filed a motion for an injunction. They have responded. We are now doing our reply. And so a lot of paperwork flying around. Uh, it should be fully submitted to the judge by the end of the week, and then we wait for a decision. It might come in a day or a week or a month, hopefully not a month, but... Uh, then you wait for the decision. So that's where we are now. Uh, this should be an open and shut case, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you assume that saying that your your race um, is a uh, essentially a, a comorbidity or or a risk? Don't you suppose this should be fairly cut and dried, comparing the color of one's skin or one's origin to say a kidney condition? Right. What they do is they take group averages. So they say, as an average group, for argument's sake, um, African-Americans have higher mortality rates due to COVID. But those higher mortality rates are not because they're African-American. 
It's because as a group, they may have higher comorbidities, they may have yeah. higher incidences, things like that. So what the state of New York does is they take a racial classification, they apply a group average to it, and then treat every single individual in that group as if they have a higher risk. And that's illogical, it's not medically sound, but that's their position and they're sticking to it. Well, it's interesting because if you look at demographically uh, different groups in the, in the country, for instance, uh, poor white people in Appalachia. Uh, I would assume that poor white people in coal country in Appalachia would have a higher uh, percentage of uh, people with diabetes, uh, presumably also lung disease as well. But you wouldn't say all white people have that as a comorbidity should, and they should move forward with uh, being able to get therapeutics before everybody else. That's a perfect example. Let's say, uh, for argument's sake, the African-American we- community has higher rates of diabetes. That doesn't mean every single person who's African-American has diabetes. It also doesn't mean that no white people have diabetes. So what the New York State has done, they've taken the color of your skin, and they have treated you as a proxy for that group. And when a government does that, they have to have a really strong reason to do it, what they call has to survive strict scrutiny. And here they can't do it because the, the problem is different communities have different health conditions, different access to vaccines, different vaccination rates, a whole lot of different things factor into that. But when a patient comes into a hospital, that patient is an individual, not a proxy for their racial group. And that's where New York State is going wrong. Let me ask you this. Uh, I I shared this yesterday in the city of Seattle. They made bike helmets uh, mandatory for people, and you'd get fined for wearing or not wearing a bike helmet. And they found out that blacks and homeless people were four times as likely to be ticketed for not wearing a bike helmet. And so they got rid of the bike helmet law. Now, were they ticketing people because uh, they were black or because black people don't like to wear bike helmets as much as white people? Yeah, I mean, there is this notion that is now pervaded every place, including the medical community, that yes. the cause of every difference is race. Uh, but we know that that's not true. In real life, that's not true. And, of course, it's irrelevant under the Constitution because each individual who presents with an illness has a constitutional right to equal protection of the law. And so it doesn't matter what your group statistic is. You as an individual have that right. And that's something the government and the social justice warriors don't want to acknowledge. Yeah, and you know what? I, I got to tell you, I take this personally, Bill, because I'm a white guy, and I don't like Nickelback. You know? It, it's, a little, it's a little tough to you know, immediately so you no assume. Treatment then. Yeah, yeah. When, I go, when I go to a bar, uh, everybody assumes that I want to hear Living on a Prayer by Bon Jovi. I don't want to hear it. I'm a white guy. Maybe I want to hear some Naughty by Nature. I'm an individual. I mean- this whole culture that is being created, which is loosely called wokeness, reinforces yes. racial stereotypes, okay? It is an entire culture built on racial stereotypes. Yeah. And that's what's so wrong about it. And now when you carry that over to the medical community, those racial stereotypes have real life and death consequences. Yeah, and you you also, you know, you're talking about uh, uh, wokeness with regard to CRT in uh, medical school. And I might also add some of that idiotic gender theory is moving into medical school uh, where, <laughs> where people are studying to be gynecologists and they're suddenly with, confronted with the, the idea of maybe having to treat someone who was born with male genitalia, which is kind of pointless. But let's, uh, let's get into critical race theory and how it's permeated uh, medical schools around the country. Right. So we run a website called criticalrace.org. It's 
criticalrace.org. And we have several databases. We have a higher ed database that has 500 colleges and universities and an elite private school database. And all we do is we collect information. We don't express an opinion on it. Uh, it is what it is. We scour their websites and we post and we link everything that they're doing. We just rolled that out for the top 25 medical schools as ranked by U.S. News. And we went through their websites and what are they saying they're doing? And we found that virtually all of them, 23 out of 25, have some form of mandatory race-related training. Uh, in some, of, some instances, in most of them, uh, it's required reading like Ibram Kendi's How to Be an yes. Anti-Racist, where the, yes. the overarching theme is that you should currently discriminate on the basis of race to remedy past discrimination, which, of course, is illegal. Um, and Robin DeAngelo's White Privilege. Um, yes. So a lot of what they're doing with this training in medical school has nothing to do with medicine. Okay, nobody's objecting if, you know, you're teaching people that different people from different communities may have different needs and you should treat each person as an individual, or different communities may have greater instances of certain, you know, things like we've been talking about, you know, diabetes. No, that's not objectionable, but when you put it in a social justice context and you force medical students to become activists and to, you know, address issues that really aren't medical issues, they're social is issues. So, that, you know, and they probably had to go through this stuff in college anyway, because most colleges require it, or many do. So that's the problem, is that they're taking this social justice ideology, taking the ideology that everyone needs to be an activist, and they're putting it on the backs of medical students who are supposed to be there to treat individuals' medical needs. Yeah, it's hard to uh, it's hard to treat people when you hate white people. You know, uh, if you've been taught to hate white people and because of the the color of your skin that you are the cause of everything bad, that you are responsible for slavery, etc., it's going to be a little bit harder to honor that with regard to helping everyone when you've been taught that one group, uh, one disparate disparate group, is the cause of all humanity's problems. I think, and Bill, I'd like to know why uh, this exists. Why this? To me, it is a, a distraction from the real ills in society that America uh, is a Afraid to confront like a national murder average of 13 times the national average when it comes to uh, inner city black on black violence. That's what I think CRT is all about. It's about uh, uh, distracting and attempting to cover up failed policies that have caused a lot of these problems. What are your thoughts? Well, I mean, I think if, if your goal was to uh, protect black lives, black lives matter, you would want to increase security in black communities. You would want to do the opposite of what the uh, activists want you to do that you they wouldn't want you to defund the police and we see how murder rates are sky, uh, skyrocketing everywhere in inner cities and most of the victims are non-white victims uh, and most of the perpetrators of those crimes against non-white victims are non-white uh, you would address those issues but those issues think. don't get addressed no, and, and, and unfortunately, until we do uh, do that, nothing will ever get solved. Um, let me ask you this finally. Uh, you've got this criticalrace.org, uh, which I am dying to check out because I've been talking about this for years. Um, but uh, do you suppose that the, 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 you know, the younger generation, do you, is this really setting in with kids around the country? And, and is this, and by the way, Democrats are saying this is not taught in uh, elementary schools, any primary schools and high schools. Uh, what do you have to say to those who are literally denying that it's taking place outside of higher education? Right, and they're just playing word games. That's what they're playing. Yes, in kindergarten, there is not a textbook called Introduction to Critical Race Theory. That's not how it works. They take the principles 
They take the principle that we're a systemically racist country, that it is nothing that can ever be washed out of our, our nature. They take the principle that, you know, all white people have a privilege and an advantage over non-white people. They take the pr- the principle that the single most important thing in your life that will determine your life is the color of your skin. And they teach those things to young children. They don't call it critical race theory. They call it a whole lot of different things. They might call it diversity, equity, and inclusion, or they might call it anti-racism, but they stay away from the critical race theory uh, terminology. But that doesn't mean that the principles of it aren't being taught. So what happened is when this pushback, this parental pushback started to grow, and people started to use the term critical race theory, they played a word game, a definitional game. Uh, But race, as the focus of everything, just like in medicine, in kindergarten and uh, elementary school, is the overwhelming focus for a lot of the activist teachers. And they defend it. And And the teachers' unions, they defend it. A lot of this stuff is organized and funded by the National Education Association. Oh, yeah. They have, you know, so every place, I mean, we cover all this stuff, and every time you turn around, you see a teacher's union there. You see large foundations uh, that are funding all of this stuff, Ford Foundation, groups like that, who you wouldn't think just based on the name would be promoting this, but they are. There are billions of dollars a year flowing into this, and people don't really understand how massive it is to teach children that race is the most important thing in their lives. Listen, Bill, I appreciate your time today. Uh, Do me a favor. Tell Cornell West I said hi. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I greatly appreciate you joining me today. Uh, The uh, the website is criticalrace.org. And also, Bill, where else can people find you on social media? Sure, legalinsurrection.com or just Google my name, William Jacobson. All right, very good. Have a glorious day, sir. I appreciate your time. It is time for me to go, ladies and gentlemen. I want to thank you for listening today. The show is growing by leaps and bounds. Uh, If you would like to, and I would appreciate it if you do this, go to Apple Podcasts, subscribe to the show, and if you would, give me a review. Right now, I've got a lot of five-star reviews, and I greatly appreciate it. If you like the show, if you like the humor, you like the content, because I put a lot of content into this sucker then please leave a nice review for me. That would be gigantic. That would be gigantic. Big things are coming, guys. I am blessed to be here. God bless you. God bless our police. God bless our military. Never forget Ashley Babbitt's name. And above all, don't catch the stupid. Thanks for listening to the Newsmax Daily with Rob Carson. Check your cable guide or NewsmaxTV.com. Or watch free on YouTube, Roku, Apple, Pluto, Zumo, Amazon Fire, and your smart TV. Newsmax, America's fastest growing cable news channel. Check NewsmaxTV.com for details.